lunch on Thursday is warm. It's baked pasta with meat sauce, and then it's USDA garlic bread. Warm food, bro. I have no idea. USDA. It's still wait. It's someone like, look up USDA. You made that sound like it was is. like the actual. Yeah, imagine like the actual USDA. United States Department of Agriculture. What? Wait, is it actually? Oh. I mean, that's what USDA stands for. This thing started. You know. Good afternoon. Welcome to um, the backstory. A podcast, you know, we're masked up, ready to act up, and we're gonna get things started right away here. We're gonna, you know, start with our basic little introduction, the stuff that made you super nervous when you first joined a class in, like, sixth grade. We're gonna do our name, our grade, you know, a fun fact, and something interesting. Um, so, my name is Graham Webb. I'm a senior at Norfolk Academy. I'm also a senior literacy fellow. Been in the program for four years, and um, a fun fact about me is I personally believe that vanilla ice cream is the best ice cream flavor and will be until I die, forever. It's the best, and if we want to fight about it, we can fight about it, but that's it. All right. I'm Tara, I'm a sophomore. A fun fact about me is my name means star in Persian. I'm Reed Miller, I'm a senior. And a fun fact about me is I work in a haunted house around Halloween. My name is Megan. I'm also a sophomore, and fun fact about me is I'm a triplet. Real. My name is Eliza Bly. I'm a junior at NA, and a fun fact about me is I am currently wearing my Twilight shirt. I'm Kira. I'm a junior, and my fun fact is that I've been making jewelry since I was 11. Beautiful. All right, you know what we're going to do, though, real fast? Whoever's listening to this, we're gonna not talk for like a second, and we want you to answer the exact same questions. Just like one second. All right, ready? Three, two, one. Wow, what an interesting fact that was, really guys. Cool. Tell me. Wow, that was a good. Wow. I mean, let's just like such an interesting person on the other end of this right now. Um, so I think. We got Eliza Bly over here. It's ready to drop some knowledge on us. Let's so see. just talking about kind of where we're coming from, we all go to a private school in Norfolk, Virginia called Norfolk Academy. And each of us are in the Literacy Fellows Program at school. And it's just one of the five fellowships available at NA. Each of us joined as a way to help promote literacy. And we all just love to help kids learn to read. And we all strive to raise literacy rates in our community. Meg the Stallion, Megan the Savage, is going to come in, spit some bars. Let's see what she got. We are Literacy Fellows, an organization of students aimed to improve literacy rates and understanding. Our goal for this podcast is to educate the community by discussing local and global events, as well as other ideas that come up. We also strive to bring new opinions into light, as well as views from our generation. Our podcast is made of six students, two seniors, two juniors, and two sophomores. We hope to educate our listeners and hope to inspire you to be your better self and to help those around you. Amazing. Amazing. So, kind of the um, origins of our name a little bit and what the backstory is to us. Um, The backstory is a small room in a library in a lower school. So, 
small is small. You probably fit five people in there. And um, it's a back room to our general story room, which is a creative workspace that's in that library where we go and we are building books and having our discussions and our group meetings among the other literacy fellows. And we decided to take that backstory room and turn it into our podcast area. We house most of our materials in the backstory for our bookmaking ability. And, um, you know, it's, it's the birthplace of the podcast. It's where we came up with the idea. So we decided we'd take that and run with it and keep going. So now we got our, you know, fellow senior. Uh, Reed Miller is going to come in and talk about something else. So I'm going to talk about 826 a little bit because that's where we got the whole idea for the general story and the program as a whole. So 826 is a bunch of national tutoring centers. They're housed in creative stores, which can be a magic supply store or a superhero store. And the senior lit fellows actually went to Tivoli's Magic Shop in D.C. a few years ago. Yeah. And that's kind of where we got the whole inspiration for the general story because we just made that a few years ago. And so the general story is physically modeled after this setup where they have a center in the back to tutor the kids. But in the front, it's all just kind of creative things that they're selling or just like a front there. And while the backstory isn't a center to tutor kids, it's where we make all of our chat books for the elementary schoolers we do tutor and all of our books and basically everything important happens back there, even the podcast at yeah, one point. Yeah. <clears throat> and the front part, that's kind of more just a creative setup for the lower schoolers. We have like a gumball machine filled with writing prompts and a bunch of stuff like that, which was modeled after 826. And our program as a whole is also modeled after their mission because they focus a lot on tutoring kids and kind of getting rid of the stigma associated with literacy and problems in that area. So we try and embody that whenever we go to Tidewater Park Elementary. Yeah, we, um, we work alongside with the school, Tidewater Park Elementary in uh, Norfolk. And, you know, we go there, I, God, well, not as much anymore as we used to in COVID, as we used to, but yeah, because of COVID. Um, but we used to go like twice, three times a week, maybe. I know every Tuesday. Yeah, every Tuesday. Um, and our director, David Kidd, is the god, the goat, if you will. Founder um, of the program. The founder, basically, um, was going even more often. And we would go there and we'd work with kids. Um, and it was beautiful. They love they love when you walk through the door. And if you've never you know, worked with young kids, I would highly recommend it. It's like one of the most fulfilling um, jobs in the world. Just to do it even for a day, it makes you feel so good because they just only they get so happy when you walk through the door. Just the smiles on their faces when we have the chat books. Oh my god, yeah. It's coming in with a book box full of like all these char characters that they're obsessed with. It's, it's amazing. Um, so right now we're going to do a little transition into an interview we did earlier in the week with um, David Smith. So we're just going to jump right into that. With me today is David Smith. He's a uh, build a desk and we're gonna ask him a couple questions about it. Hello. Good, good job, that was nice. All right, so uh, our first question is, why are you building these desks? Where, where's the motivation? So uh, I was eating breakfast one morning mm -hmm. and uh, I saw on the TV a article or a news segment about this kid who, his name's Colby Semid in Northern Virginia and he was doing okay. this, he was building desks and giving them to the local poor kids and um, so I reached out to him. I was like, "It's a great idea." I reached out to him on Facebook. Okay. And uh, I was like, "This is awesome. How, do you want to like partner? Like, how can I bring this to my 
mm-hmm. area. And so he gave me all his like plans and his designs for the desks. And so we've been talking about that. And actually, recently, he just went on Ellen. So we had no like, way. Yeah. So we, there was like four people in our Facebook group, mm-hmm. and then after, like a week ago, he went on Ellen. That was like five hundred. So I can't really talk to him anymore. But that's where I got the motivation. That's really cool. So you were actually in, in direct contact with this kid, yeah. or you saw him on the news. That's awesome. Um, and he's on Ellen, so he's blown up. Yeah. Kind of left you in the dust. Yeah, is what it sounds like. Yeah, he's too big for you now. But that's all right. You're doing local stuff. That's yeah. what's important. Um, so kind of moving forward, um, basics on the desk. Like, what is it made out of? Materials? You know, so, that things. It's pretty simple just to keep costs down. Mm. It's two by four with a two by two feet by four feet tabletop. Okay. And it's, it's simple design, but it's easy to build and it's sturdy. Right. And yeah, so I mean, it's also easy to mass produce. I think if you get a group of people, right, like, assembly line, like that's what I want to do. So that, so on that vein, how many do you think you're going to make in the future? How many would you so, like to? I don't know. We're about to bring our first one to um, Tidewater Park next week. Yep. And then from there, we're just going to gauge how many. I I would like to do at least like at least ten. Mm-hmm. Um. If there's more than that, definitely want to set up a day where like everyone comes and helps, and you knock out like 20, 30 in a day. If right. It comes to that, which I hope it does. So, you think you could. so you're ready to do however many it's going to take to yeah. make at least Tidewater Park happy, and then maybe open it up to other schools if that's necessary. Yeah. Right. So, um, how much does it cost, like on average, to make one? So, the first one I made because I only made one. Mm-hmm. It's more expensive when you don't mind bulk. It was around forty bucks. Right. But then I bought stuff for two desks, and it cost me around thirty-three dollars each. So pretty cheap. And as you make more and buy it in bulk, that price will go down. Okay. So roughly like thirty to forty bucks per desk. Yeah. That's good. All right. Um, and how long did it take you to make one yourself? So that means you didn't have the line, you know, but it's just you making one. How long did that take? Um. <coughs> Well, I did the first one with Dr. Gower. Okay. It works here. And um, it took us probably an hour and a half, but that was because we were trying out a lot of stuff. I made one by myself. You just made no helping in like an hour. So. In like an hour. And I think that will continue to go down as so I improve my woodworking skills. Right, definitely. So as you refine the process and like get some you know, assembly line techniques going, you should be able to make them faster than that. Yeah, I think so. Um, and... I know you're giving your prototype kind of the Tidewater Park to see what they think about it and see if they need more and how much they'll need. Um, is there any other schools you're looking at giving them to, or are you trying to get it out on the interweb so people know that these are this is an option? You know, like who who are you trying to get these desks out to? Um, so it's actually not Tidewater Park. It's I think it's like Rice Mills or something. Rice, yeah, I do yeah. know Rice. Yeah. So because Tidewater Park isn't a school, yeah, it's this and like kind of bad with the boys and girls club mm-hmm. and I mean those kids who go there they're some of the poorest in the nation and yeah. probably none of them have any place to work they're just lugging their books like mm-hmm. I don't know I wanted to give them uh, somewhere where they can sit down and be like this is my spot to do my work especially they're online all year so definitely so you're going to use like um, Boys and Girls Club to kind of branch out to yeah. all these other schools because we, we know like Boys and Girls Club brings kids from all yeah. over together Okay, well, that's good. Um, so, you know, you talked about seeing this interview or seeing this news um, broadcast about this kid making desks. But what, what motivated you to be like, that's a good cause. That's where I'm going to put my attention. 
like why desks and like why not something else, especially in this time of COVID when so many things are in need. Yeah, I, it's simple, and you're like, kids don't want a desk. Like, it's not they don't want that. But I was just thinking, like, if I was online, like I hated being online, and I had like this whole setup that used like my whole room, and the kids like who live uh, in those super impoverished areas, they don't have that. And I was like, if I just give them something that's theirs, somewhere they can go to as a designated spot, and also we want to try to add a customization aspect. Okay. Whereas like we send a Google form and they like, say their favorite colors and stuff. So we can put like a logo of their mm-hmm. favorite team or something. So then it's not just, oh, I have somewhere to do my work, but like this is mine. And, like, right. I like it. It's cool. It's exciting. So. Yeah. So, um, you know, with the customization of these desks, do you think that's going to make it too complicated, you know, moving forward? Or do you think you, that'll be sort of a simple process? Like they get the Google form and it's something like, Hey, can you write my name on here? Can you put like the Chargers logo or something like that? Like, yeah. So, um, well, I think talked to the art teacher, Mr. Julia, and she said right. she'd be willing to designate like two or three days of her art class to painting desks. Yeah. So that would be cool. And obviously, wouldn't do anything crazy. I'm just seeing like a favorite color. Yeah, like, colors. They have a simple logo. Put that on. Exactly. Maybe their name. Make it too complicated. Definitely. Okay, so that's super cool. Um, <clears throat> and then. Where do you see the project going in the future, like in terms of longevity? Um, how do you think you'll continue to build these desks, especially, you know, if COVID comes to an end, you know, we're lucky enough for that to happen. What do you think these desks are going to be good for or have offered you for the future? I don't know. I'm kind of just like playing it as it goes. But, uh, right. Well, they're online for the whole year. So. Yeah. So for this year, I mean, it's going to be something that they're going to use. And even in the future, once... Once uh, COVID ends, they'll still have somewhere to go back home to and have a, a nice workspace. I uh, still like I don't know the scale necessarily what I how many we want to make, but I just want to make as many as I can. As many as people want, anyone wants one, I want to be able to make one. Right. And that might end after COVID, but I mean it's a noble task you're taking on for sure. Um, <clears throat> so. Is there any, you know, big notes you've learned in the process of building, whether that be like, well, I should use these screws, you know, because they, they're better for this wood or, you know, morally, anything you found inside of you that's come out while building these desks? Um, well, I have learned a lot about making sure you got you to gotta measure carefully. You can't cut corners right. on buildings, especially or it'll be all sturdy. And for instance, I bought like the wrong plywood which was like 30 bucks and it was too thin and you put weight on it and just bend. So yeah, that was not good. So, I mean, you gotta be careful. It's not like, you just can't like cut corners. Got it. Definitely. Um, so how do you think, um, being an EDI fellow has, uh, affected your way as like you've approached this project? How do you think being an EDI fellow has affected your ability to approach this project. Sorry about that. Uh, um, well, I've done so much stuff in EDI. Like my first project was building a bench mm-hmm. out of wood for the Barrier Island Center in the Eastern Shore. Cool. And like we had, I didn't realize before that how much math goes into it. Like you have these tan, cosine, all that stuff. <laughs> like, but it was really satisfying because we did all the math and. We had all the angles right, and then we actually put it together, and it, it fit. So I think that really helped me in the process of being able to design and plan it out so you wouldn't have any 
So you definitely are someone you like to see, kind of the fruits of your labor, if you will. You know, you do all this time, put in the effort, and it's nice to see things come together like that. Um, So what do you think you're going to accomplish out of this project? You know, you're doing great things for these kids, and you're giving them a place to work, like you said, and that's a good thing to have. Um, But for you, like, what's going to be, like, the, you know, what's something you're going to get out of completing this project and doing it? I think I'm just going to be able to walk away from the fellows, which, like, you have unlimited kind of options of what you can do, but a lot of people don't really take advantage of it. And I'll be able to say, like, I actually changed. Uh, I made a small impact, but mm-hmm. at least impacted some exactly. people's lives. Yeah, definitely. It's good to start small, see what happens. That's a really cool idea. Um, so in the Literacy Fellows, we look a lot at the cross-section between poverty and education. In what ways do you think that this project could fit into that equation? Just think, uh, giving someone like a, a workspace, it can make them more excited, like less, less just dreading of school. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Hope, that's my hope is that they, they get a little excited and more willing to sit down to work. This it's hard to work in an environment where you, you don't have any space and you're all cramped and you don't have anywhere to put your stuff. It can really affect your studying habits. What effect do you think having their own desk is going to have on these kids in like a long-term way? Giving, like having your own workspace instead of just kind of having stuff everywhere, for me at least, I know that can really affect. Like I have to be super organized and if I didn't have anywhere to work, it would really affect me. So Definitely. Yeah, if I didn't have a desk at home, I don't think I'd be getting nearly as much done as I am. Yeah. Um, so, David, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. I mean, it's interesting to compare, like, what his thoughts were then and then how it's going now. Like, he's finished all of his sets, and he's just delivering them now, and they look really cool. It'll be good to see the kids' reactions when they see the desk. I think they'll be super happy, especially because each desk is personalized and... Um, like a few kids had superheroes on there, so it'll be ex- exciting to see their faces. Yeah, to that point, I thought it was interesting because he was talking a lot about it'll probably be something simple like colors or like a name or something like that. But he's painted like Spider Man and like the Batman logo and like, you know, Queen Nala's clothing was one of those requests. Um, so shout out to Queen Nala. But yeah, it seemed to take a little bit of a more specific dive than he thought he was going to go. But yeah, it, 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 seems like the project turned out really well for him. I think that these desks really do make a cool addition to the kids' rooms and a really unique gift because a lot of them don't even have desks, much less customized ones. So as you were saying, the customization aspect is just a really thoughtful take on it. Yeah, and that when he said the like working on a desk and like having somewhere to go that's like your space, especially if it has like your name on it or it's your favorite color or something awesome like that. I think that's going to be really important for the kids um, as they approach like schoolwork now, especially during COVID times when they're all online, and even later, you know, throughout throughout their school career, having a desk like that could be something important. And it's also like a defined workspace. It's something they can say, "Oh, this is like where I work. This is my space," um, and it's it's a space where it's just I don't know. No one's gonna come and use it, or well, hopefully. And it's just something that it's theirs, and they can just focus and do their schoolwork and focus on learning. Exactly. 
I think it'll really help with their productivity too because when they have such a cool desk, they're excited to use it. And so that'll help motivate them throughout their school career and could lead to a lasting impact on futures. Yeah. Yeah, I think it goes perfect with like literacy fellows in general because it's just that idea of having school and learning be a fun interactive thing, not something you have to do. Yeah, treating school instead of like a task I have to get done but something where I can like have fun with it and like learn. Yeah. That's definitely going to be something those desks are going to help with. Alright, um, so now we got our finishing segment which is going to be sh happening in every episode if according to plan. We have our person here, Tara, who's going to do a little uh, word of the day for us. Today's word of the day is lugubrious. It's an adjective used to describe something that is sad, dismal, or gloomy. The root word is ligare, which is Latin and means to mourn. Pretty cool. Boom. It's really neat. New word, <laughs> word of the day. Get ready for more words of the day. Thank you so much for joining us for the podcast. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. We look forward to making more. First episode, Backstory, Literacy Fellows, Norfolk Academy. Masked up. Are we, we going to finish it with that? Yes. Yeah, I, we're masked up, ready to act up. Thank you guys for listening. We'll, uh, we'll see you next time. Woo! Yeah. Yay, first episode.